Good morning. Today is Sunday, January 10, 2021. I was asked a question. It's a very important question, and I will try to answer it in a very, very brief manner. In one of the prayers printed in the Siddur at the end of the morning service, not many people say this prayer, but it's quite well known, is a section called Animamin. Animamin is, I believe with a full faith. And it is a listing of 13 principles of belief that a religious Jewish person should hold, should believe. There is a, I guess I would call it a, a misleading stereotype that Judaism is, consider, is concerned specifically or primarily with actions and not beliefs. That's not really true. There are certain beliefs that we hold about God, about the world, that are just as important and just as commanded to us as the actions that we must perform. And one of them is, it's actually number 13 of the list of 13, I believe with a complete belief, that there will be a time of the dead coming back to life. At the time that God decides it's the right time. <clears throat> so having it as part of one of our Yud Gimel Ikrim, one of our 13 fundamental principles of belief means not only that are we are obligated to say that it is true, but that it is somehow foundational to our lives as Jews. So the three, three, three quick questions I want to try to cover. Number one, what does it mean? Number two, why is it important? And number three, how does it work? And I'll try to do it very briefly. At some future time, after the Mashiach comes, when the Messianic era is introduced into the world, certain deserving people will, who lived and who died will come back to life in a physical, natural life. In my mind, I always think of this as an opportunity for worthy individuals who have lived over the last several thousand years, who yearned for Mashiach to come, who yearned to live within the Messianic era, but they passed away before it happened, which has happened to every single person so far in human history. But to get an opportunity to experience it in natural, physical existence, so this gives them an opportunity, a reward. Even though it has not happened, so for everyone up until now, it is not practically applicable. Nonetheless, the concept is deeply relevant to every one of us every day. Because it means that we don't just look at the physical world and see that as the totality of life and existence. 
because to everything that we can see and touch in the physical world, there is a corresponding spiritual counterpoint that is just as real, more real, in fact, because the spiritual counterpart is eternal. It is not subject to deterioration and death as everything in the physical world is. And we must always be aware of the spiritual world and its depth and never confuse the physical world, what we see and touch with the totality of existence. We are a body and a soul. Our soul, our neshama, is connected to God. The phrase that we use to describe that is chelek eloka mimal. Our soul is a piece of God above, a connection to God, and that never dies. The physical body, our physical bodies have a limited lifespan. And at some point in our lives, the neshama, the soul, can be separated from the body. The body can be laid to rest. But just as it can be separated from the body, it can be reunited with the body. <clears throat> and that's the reason <clears throat> that the body is respected by being buried. Because the body's job is not finished, although it will disintegrate, but it is not finished because it will have an opportunity, perhaps in the future, to be reconnected with its neshama, with its soul. And that's the reason I've shared with you before. The Zohar says that the act of burial is described as an act of planting. I don't mean to be flippant, but it's really the same thing as planting your tulip bulbs in the fall and waiting for them to come up in the spring. That's exactly what burial is. And it, the burial, just like the bulbs, is the preparation for the rebirth. And we express this at every funeral. The graveside version of the Kaddish, which mourners say, starts with these words. It's a different form than the form of Kaddish we say in the synagogue. The mourners say at the graveside, of a dead one, of a of a deceased loved one, God forbid, Yiskadalvi Yiskadashame Rabba, magnified and sanctified may his great name be, but Alma Duhu Asid Liskarata, in the world that will in the future be renewed. Ulachaya Mesaya Ula Saka Lakayoma reviving the dead, and raising them up to eternal life. At the graveside, we assert that we are 
Again, excuse me, I don't mean it to be prosaic. We are planting the bulbs for the winter. But that is in preparation for their sprouting in the future when God decides. So this concept is really about how we view the world. It's about how we view life. And it's also about how we view death. But especially, it's about how we view God. In every Amidah, every Shmon Esrei, every single time we stand in prayer before God, in the second paragraph of every single Shmon Esrei, we say the following words. Atagi Barli Alam Hashem. You are eternally mighty, God. You give life to the dead. You are great in your power to save. In other words, the point that we're making is whether God has done it already or is only promising to do it in the future, the point is this is within the capability of God. God has the ability to give and to take life. And we say about God, you support everyone, you provide, you will bring the dead back to life, you support those who have fallen, you heal those who are sick, you free those who are enslaved. All of those are within the same category as Mechayim All of those are within the category of being able to have complete ability to redeem a person, to bring salvation to person, even when they think that there is no hope for them because everything is lost. But no, that's not true because God supersedes all of those boundaries that limit us, the boundaries of illness, the boundaries of prison walls, the boundaries of death. But all of those are only boundaries that human beings are bound by. God is not bound by those. Melech, God is a king who is defined by Memis umachaye umatzmiach Yeshua, a king who brings death and gives life, umatzmiach Yeshua, and allows salvation to sprout, to grow. And we are faithful to you to revive the dead. Blessed are you, God, who revives the dead. That's who God is now. God is now the one who gives and sustains life and is able to overcome any of the limitations that we from our physical lives think limit us. God can take us out of those limits. Okay, so how does it work? When you come back, how old will you be? How much of your hair will you have? How much will you weigh? To whom will you be married? 
What if, God forbid, a body was not buried and the limbs are scattered? What if, during your lifetime, you donated organs to someone else to save their life? Well, who gets it back? You now have two people. There's one heart shared between the two of them. Who gets it? So the answer is we do not know the answer to any of these questions. And anybody who puts forth a suggestion about what the answer is, is acting on pure conjecture because there are no clear indications. As the Rambam says, we're only going to understand this when it happens. Clearly, however, it is a nace. It is a miracle. It is something outside of the bounds of natural life of which God is perfectly capable. But there is one thing that is certain. This cannot be used to refuse to donate an organ to save someone else's life when all of the other conditions for the mitzvah of donating organs and transplanting organs is in place. Because that mitzvah clearly takes priority. And what's interesting to me is, if you get into a conversation with someone <clears throat> about organ transplantation, a person who is maybe very well-meaning, maybe somewhat even knowledgeable about Jewish sources, but not an expert in this area of Jewish law, which requires specific expertise. And you say to them, is it permitted to donate organs to save someone's life? Let's say to donate a heart, to donate a lung or a liver. I'm not even talking about organs that you could donate while you're still alive, like a kidney. That I'm not even discussing. That for sure is a mitzvah. But I'm talking about organs that can only be donated after a person passes away. So sometimes a person will say, no, clearly Jewish law does not allow that because Jewish law requires the body to be buried intact. If you give your heart to somebody else, your heart's not going to be buried with you. And if your heart is not buried with you, you will not be able to uh, benefit from from resurrection of the dead. So that's just flat out wrong. <laughs> that is just completely wrong. Um, number one, as I said before, there are a whole bunch of questions that have got to be answered about how this whole business of coming back to life is going to happen. And if God can take care of a man who is married to two women, and which one is he going to be married to? Or a husband, a, a woman who is married to two men, which one is he coming, she coming back to? If God can take care of those problems, God can take care of the heart problem. I don't know the answer, but God can take care of it. However, this is absolutely clear. Although this is a belief, it's a fundamental belief, but it has no connection to the mitzvah, to the obligation of saving someone's life. And if there is the possibility of saving someone's life by donating an organ, then this concept is completely pushed to the side. Just like the laws of Shabbos are put to the side. Just like the laws of fasting Yom Kippur are put to the, to the side in saving someone's life. Just as now the laws of davening in shul are put to the side in order to protect life. If you can save someone's life through donating an organ, it is the highest mitzvah possible. That's a longer subject. I do have some lectures, some shiurim that I've given. They're on our website. 
and, and maybe we'll find another way to talk about it, but just very briefly, it is the highest mitzvah possible. And this subject, whatever it does mean, is not a reason to prevent donating or accepting organs for transplantation. But it has a meaning in every day of our lives, the way that we view God, most importantly, the way we view life, the way we view death. This is a central, central concept, and that's why it is one of the Yud Gimel Ikrim, not only true, but fundamental to being a Jew. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.